0: For the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com,
1: and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody, welcome to our guest segment. We're excited to have him back with us, one of our favorite guests, L.A. Marzulli. His website is LAMarzulli.net. Of course, a researcher, filmmaker, author of many, many books... And uh, Bible prophecy expert And just so much to get into tonight L.A. Marzuli, good to have you back with us, sir
0: Hey, great to be here Thanks for having me on and Happy New Year to you Happy New Year Well,
1: I want to start by asking you you know, What are your thoughts about what's happening right now with Iran, uh, a lot of Christians are saying ezekiel thirty eight war is about upon us. Um uh, other people are saying, no, don't don't uh, jump too quickly. But I mean, some of the things today, just today, they put an eighty million dollar bounty on the actual physical head right. of the president. They're saying, bring me Trump's head, and we'll give you eighty million dollars. They said they're going to attack the White House. They said they have thirty five uh, locations targeted. And um, they do have military power. This is not just, uh, you know, idle threats. They can do a lot of damage like what they did in Saudi Arabia.
0: What's interesting about all this is um, this is the first president in literally decades who has actually stood up to the Iranians. Uh, The Iranians, let's make no mistake about it, let's go back and look at what happened last week. They, the Iranians, attacked our embassy in Iraq. Thank you very much. Um, That's Anybody else uh, that with a half a brain can figure out that that's you just don't do that. Um, and the Iranians have do this kind of stuff because they realize that under Bush and especially specifically Obama, the eight years with Obama and everybody else, Carter was a perfect example with the fifty-two hostages. No one did anything. No one pushed back. Well, you got a new sheriff in town, and uh, you know, but Donald Trump does not want to go to war. This is not a classic Wag the Dog campaign. This is a response to a direct action by the Iranians when they went in and, you know, lit, lit the embassy up. And who knows if we hadn't responded, if it was a Benghazi type of affair where everyone was told to stand down and don't do anything. Remember Obama, what was it, $150 billion to the Iranians to try to appease them? So we got a new sheriff in town, and this guy's going, I'm not going to play this stupid game. You touch us. You time. And I love this. You touch us, we got 52 spots in your country we're going to hit fast and hard. And the 52 is, is a direct reference to the 52 hostages that the Iranians took and the Americans did nothing under the anemic leadership of President Jimmy Carter. He's a Christian, he's a brother, I get all that. But as a president, in my opinion, he was anemic and had no clue how to run the country. And this is why 52 Iranians or 52 Americans languished – uh, in Iranian jails for for basically years and then of course the day of the election that's when they got released unbelievable so you know i think trump trump is pushing back Then got somebody like that of course the liberal left is screaming and it's all waggy dog no it's not waggy dog at all
1: yeah something so- happened
0: they went after the embassy and trump responded
1: L.A. Marzulli is here tonight. If you're just tuning in, his website is lamarzulli.net. And L.A., what do you make of this in terms of Bible prophecy? You know, I don't want to be one of those guys that, like, jumps to, you know, the conclusion that, oh, this is Ezekiel 38. Because we've got Iran, which is Persia, uh, in the Bible, and we have this war shaping up, and they're making direct threats against Israel uh, as part of all of this. Um, but can we dismiss that this could be uh, that that confrontation? It kind of gives me chills to think about it.
0: Well, something is going on here. I have a I have a gentleman that that I've met uh, years ago at a conference, and he's um, he's part of a, a Alphabet agency, and I. He feeds me some intel every now and then, and he, he stated something to me several years ago, which, um, you know, I, I, I kind of know about, but never really looked at it the way he looked at it. And remember, this guy is like, you know, it, in basically looking at the intel. What I do know, and I wrote about this in Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, and I'm I'm actually going to re-release that book this year. Um, it'll be a, a redo, because the book is about 11 or 12 years old, and a lot of what was written has come to pass and everything else but but you know I'm, I'm going to re-release the book after i do like a second edition but what i wrote about in that book was there's a schism between the shia um, uh, branch of islam which of course is headed up by the iranians and the sunnis which is basically headed up by saudi arabia there's a 13 year 100 year old schism between the two branches of islam and, and that has to get rectified first um, and that's what we may be seeing We have an unprecedented historic alignment between Israel, the Emirates, uh, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt. That's never happened before. And the reason why we're doing this is they realize that Iran is absolutely, you know, bat poop crazy. And they are. Uh, They have a different eschatological worldview than the Sunnis do, completely different from the Christians. But in some way, their eschatology, what they believe the end-time scenario, is sort of can dovetail into what we're looking at they believe that that in order for the Mahdi, which is what they're waiting for um to to come uh, on the scene there's got to be complete chaos so they want to start chaos the other thing that you've got to realize is is that I, and I blogged about this literally years ago before most people even knew what the strait of hormuz was the major offensive uh, weapon that the iranians have is to create a dirty nuke in the strait of hormuz If they do that, let's say, and here's the scenario, they get a bunch of vessels together, they form a blockade, we go up to try to do something, they just blast the nuke off. So it's a dirty nuke, and that whole area now is basically off limits. It's like Chernobyl, and all those ships and everybody else that's there, they're all contaminated, so no one's going to start shipping oil. Well, they just, if they do that, Jim, they basically close down 30 to 40 percent of the world's oil coming through the Strait of Hormuz. So isn't it interesting that when Trump took, took office, the first thing he did was he beefed up the oil production in the United States. So we're now exporting, not importing. This could have been done under Bush one, under Clinton, under Bush, you know, two. But these guys were all in debt with the Saudis. And it's all a pay to play scam. And hopefully all this will come out with the deep state and who made millions off this stuff. And, you know, allegedly. Right. So the bottom line is we are exporting oil. So, you know, who cares what, what what the Iranians do? The other thing I love about this is the mullahs um uh you know, Khomeini said you you can't do anything. And he basically he pulled he pulled Trump's chain by saying that. Never should have done that. And I think Trump responded in part to the fact that you know what this little weasel has been over there thinking that he's running the show just like Khomeini before him uh you know, with the 40, with the 52 American hostages and uh this guy, Soleimani, and, and for anyone to defend the, the killing of Soleimani, they really need a checker from Manneka. First of all, Barack Obama, you know, illegally, if you want to use that word, uh, hunted down Osama bin Laden. Was that Osama bin Laden? No. I don't think it was Osama bin Laden at all. That's why they threw the body out to sea, blah, blah, blah. We've never seen pictures. Please. it, it was It was a PR stunt. Osama probably died in Iraq. Um, or Iran, I should say, years before that, and there's there's good intel that points to that. But I digress. The bottom line is this: that there's a new sheriff in town, and when that strike happened on Soleimani, this guy is a butcher. Uh, you know, he's responsible for the literally, literally the torture. And I'm just not talking about you know thumbscrews. I'm talking about stuff that would make your stomach you, you would lose your dinner if we started talking about it. We're talking about the most heinous acts, the most barbaric acts, and these guys are experts at it, of torture ever ever even imagined in the history of mankind. And Soleimani instigated that. Thousands were tortured under him. Thousands were killed. This guy's a monster. This guy's a barbarian. And the fact that Trump took him out, I love it, because he took out the world's leading terrorist, and he showed Khomeini, yeah, you want to you know what we can do, pal? This is what we can do. See, the Iranians live in this little glass bubble where they think, you know, oh, we can do anything. Look, the stupid Americans, you know, the Osama bin Laden, the da-da-da, and Barack Obama gave us $150 billion. Look what we can do. Well, is a new sheriff in town, pal. We're not going to give you $150 billion. Can you even imagine that? And I would posit that they could have just wired the money in but they didn't do that yeah they brought they, they, they brought it in uh, on cash are.
1: they had to use a special i believe a, you know c-130 aircraft or something to bring yeah, in the the, the, the the pallets of of cash that had to come in and what i found interesting about this was the strategic uh, strike that it was you know he took out a hezbollah leader and he took out this general and that was it. I you know, it. O- Obama was was like dropping bombs on weddings where like five hundred people would be killed, including women and children. And it was considered well, you know, that's the cost of doing business because there was one bad guy yeah, in that damage, in that tent. Yeah. But here we had this strategic yeah. strike that got really just the, the bad guys. I mean, no, nobody nobody questions that this guy's responsible for the death of six hundred plus U.S. soldiers. That thousands of U.S. soldiers are missing limbs because of this guy and the yeah. improvised exclusive. Exactly di- Everybody, it. this is all like, this is not up for argument. Th- these are like the facts of history that this is the guy But yet you you have And I don't want to be overly dramatic But I'm wondering when we need to start Arresting some of these CNN uh, Reporters and MSNBC I don't remember any footage You know from World War II where people Were uh, defending Hitler And saying well look you know uh, He's got his side of the argument as well I mean and this is the kind of propaganda we're hearing On the mainstream news uh, I mean they hate Trump so much that even when when he takes out this yeah. horrific guy, they still have to be the uh, devil's advocate, taking the other side of it.
0: And and this this is what gets us in. Uh, I'll digress for a second before I get back to the Ezekiel thirty-eight prophecies and what's there. But you know the the bottom line is this: that the country, our country, is poised on the verge of a civil war. Uh, the vitriol, the the language on the left has become so vitriolic, so vituperative that how do you backpedal? How do you sit down with someone like, you know, Kathy Griffin, who sits there with this uh, a mock-severed head of, of the president? How do you sit there with someone, some, you know, crazy liberal like Michael Moore, you know, who's, who's telling us one thing? How do you sit down with, with Rob Reiner or any of these people? I mean, you can't. They, these guys live in a glass bubble. They're they're catered people. They're multi-multi-millionaires. And, uh, you know, what, what's really going on here, folks? Why do you hate them so much? The, the economy is through the roof. We're respected again. Our military's been built up. It's America first. And you tell me what the heck is wrong with America first. But the bottom line is this, Jim, that, you know, we look at these things. I started talking about the 1,300-year-old schism between Sunni and Shia. So what the Sunnis are, are terrified of is Iran becoming nuclear and the Shia crescent. The Shia crescent exists, and it's, and it's eyeing Mecca and Medina. That's what it wants. It wants control over the holy cities. It wants to be the dominant influence in Islam. So until that is really rectified, Israel is on the back shelf. And I mean that. Israel is on the back shelf. Everything is set up for Ezekiel 38. I get that. Turkey, Russia, Iran, it's all set up. But this whole idea of of the Sunni and the Shia conflict, which has gone on for 1,300 years. And remember, the Shia Crescent extends southward into um Where the Gulf of Tears is and Yemen is, and of course that is they're 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 constantly attacking the the Saudis from Yemen, the proxy war, Hezbollah constantly attacking and and and, and messing around the whole Syria thing. That's the Shia crescent. So it's interesting, as uh, I said, unprecedented. Egyptians, the Saudis, uh, the Emirates, and Israel all coalescing together, realizing that the real threat in the neighborhood is the Iranians. So. It'd be very interesting to see what happens. Bill Salas is going to be my guest this week. He's flying in, do a bunch of shows with Prophecy Watchers and uh, Southwest uh, Prophecy Ministries, and, of course, us here all in Oklahoma City, at least for the time being. And so Bill and I will be talking about, you know, what's next on the agenda here. Um, Ezekiel 38 can happen at any time, at any moment. There's no prerequisite, but you remember when that happens, there's not an Arab in the bunch. The Iranians are not Arabs first of all, and that people need to understand that. The Iranians are not Arabs at all. Um, and so it's a completely different mix of people. But the, the people in Iran, many of the people in Iran have had it up to their eyeballs with the mullahs and this incredible oppressive regime. And that's why when Trump says he has nothing against the Iranian people. Um, I've met Iranians. I've met Iranian Christians. Some of these people are absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible, they're just they're just really amazing people, but the mullahs keep this lid uh, with this this oppressive, uh, basically seventh century jurisprudence, which is insane. And this is the people have had it over there, but they can't do anything about it because once again they have no guns. And this is something to really think about, folks. I'm kind of hopping around because time is short, and I know we're going to go to a break and yada yada yada. But the bottom line is. In Virginia, you know, this, this liberal Democrat governor now wants to start forcibly taking the guns. We're not going to do that. That's against our Second Amendment. Are you aware that the reason why the revolution doesn't happen in Iran? Because they, you can't own a gun in Iran. It's almost impossible to own a gun in Iran. Why? Because you can't fight back. Same thing in Hong Kong. You see the protesters throwing makeshift weapons. And this is what people need to understand. That the Second Amendment is there in case our government becomes tyrannical, and what's happening in Virginia is tyranny. That's what's happening. This could be a flashpoint for a civil war. I hope it doesn't come to that. But you know, you're not you're not taking our guns away, pal. So you can do what? So so the criminals can get the AK-47s and we can't? Are you kidding me? Not going to happen. All we need to do is look at Iran and realize that you can't own a gun in Iran. It's almost impossible own a gun in Iran. I've done the research on it. Almost impossible. And this is what keeps these mullahs, these crazy Mullahs, who have this apocalyptic worldview of creating utter chaos before they can get the Mahdi in. And this is what they don't understand that Trump already showed them what they can do. You know, He says, Well, you know, you can't do anything about it and you're not logical and you're not level headed. Excuse me, excuse me, there's a new guy here. We just took out your number two guy. We just took about Solomon. You can run your little red flag on your little dome of whatever and, you know, shout Allah Akbar and death to America as the cows come home. <clears throat> the, bottom, <clears throat> the bottom line is you took 52 of our people and you held them. And because our president was weak and ineffectual and, and basically had a laissez-faire attitude towards the whole thing, we were disgraced internationally. That ain't going to happen again. You guys want to do something? You watch what happens to your country. Yeah, and I, I think the, and the and
1: I, I think the part the that, I, I think the part LA that people are really discounting is. Trump has been restrained. I mean, uh, when you look at what – what there have been several situations since he's been president where he could have easily justified striking back at Iran. And he's a guy who doesn't really want to get involved with these foreign adventures. He's he's restrained. He, he's, he's said this repeatedly. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 but yet, you know, you get to a point where if he knew – If he was told by our intelligence community that there were these plans in place of other major attacks and this was the guy behind them and he didn't do anything, it would be treasonous. So it's like he can't win if he if he didn't take this guy out and these other things took place. He would have blood on his hands and be blamed for that. And I wonder, and I've said this to several people this week, I wonder how much of this is brought on by the perception from outside of our country that Trump has been weakened by this whole impeachment thing. In other words, have the Democrats with this fake impeachment where they're not even willing to turn over the documents to the Senate to have the trial. Uh, These are not even crimes that you can find a statute number for that they're supposedly accusing him of yeah. this whole fake yeah, this yeah this whole fake impeachment deal could give the impression to outsiders that hey now's the time to be able to do something you know obviously they're not correct in thinking that but it still does you know, make you wonder. Uh, we've got these attacks on Jewish people happening now uh, in New York. Uh, it's like the at least the perception of weakness is out there. And I think this is largely uh, the fault of the Democrats. And in fact, they're saying that maybe they'll hold this entire impeachment thing in, in abeyance uh, for months. And the election is in November. So, you know, at what point is there a trial when Trump is going to be reelected, likely in November? And now they're talking about maybe impeaching him a second time. Um, I don't know that the, the yeah. I don't know if the founders yeah. the founders yeah. ever really right. contemplated something like this. Like, well, we're going to impeach the president, but then we're going to hold the football. We're gonna we're not coming out of the locker room at halftime to play the second half of the game. Uh, this is we're in just unprecedented times, which is why I hope you're wrong, but I've said it. Others have said it that this is like the makings of a civil war because when you see. the... The system itself breaking down to where even the president can't get a fair trial uh, and is going to have this held over his head maybe for months. Uh, This is going to push people uh, to do things that they shouldn't do. But people are desperate and they're wondering, you know, what options that they have. I'm looking at them probably, again, contesting the next election. Uh, if trump wins saying that somehow somebody interfered and it wasn't fair and not uh, going along with him getting a second term
0: yeah this is um this is what people don't get 63 million people voted for him his rallies are so packed that thousands of them stand out in the cold um, waiting to get a glimpse um we've never seen anything like it and you know i'll be 70 years old in 2020 believe it or not I'm getting up there. It's uh, it's unbelievable. We've never I've never seen anything even remotely like this. Um, the groundswell for him is incredible, and we saw that this this weasel from Christianity Today writing a hit piece on the president, which you know the guy the guy's a lefty. There's no doubt about it, and uh, you know trying to lecture us about you know the, the moral uh, moral failures of Donald Trump and blah 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 blah. Excuse me, pal. You know you're not speaking for the rest of us, and this is why the backlash was so. Uh, just so strong.
1: Let me ask you uh, about that, the, L- LA. What what do you make What do you make of this idea that? Christianity today which is not a political publication for people that are not familiar with it it right. is not a political publication they did weigh in on the Clinton impeachment 20 years ago but other than that they 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 don't get involved with politics they come out with this uh with this piece saying yeah. that that Trump uh, that that he should be removed from office then you have these other people like Beth Moore and 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 these other Christian leaders coming out and I'm thinking to myself how does that make any sense? I mean, let okay. Trump is not a, a pastor. We're not putting him in, in charge of our church. We know he's kind of a rough guy. He's you know says some things some of us wouldn't say or or wouldn't endorse. He's got the uh, the Twitter account going and, and all of that. But but nonetheless, he supports all of our values. He supports the uh, you know protecting the unborn uh, babies. Uh, right. he's, he's he's putting all the right judges in place. If we didn't have Trump, we'd have right. Hillary Clinton. So. I don't I I don't understand what where this goes. And I I read a a shocking statistic that one third of evangelicals now are saying that they are going to be voting Democrat. And within the African-American within the African-American community, it's 93 percent of black evangelicals would vote Democrat, and I, I just I I actually do have Christian friends. I had one Christian radio station in Chicago that banned me from coming back on ever uh, because <laughs> because I wrote I had a negative piece uh, two or three years ago about Elizabeth Warren, um, which was totally fact based, but they were so offended that I had anything political on my website uh, that they, that I'm not allowed back. And there are these Christians. Who are they've gone off the deep end? Uh, they're, they're all for protecting the environment, and, and and I said to one of them this week I, on my uh, social media, I said, "Let's let's start. You know, want to protect God's creation?" They said, "Oh yeah, it's God's creation. How can we as Christians? Said, let's start with with the unborn baby, okay? We're going to protect God's creation. Go. Let's start with the unborn baby, and then you hear crickets." They, they don't want to go there. But why, why this is, I, I've said this to people so many times, the hardest thing in Bible prophecy for me to believe, and some people think this is crazy because there's so much in Bible prophecy that you could disbelieve. But the one thing that I had the hardest time with when I was in seminary was believing that there would be this great falling away, that we would have this end times period where, where, where most people who we would identify as part of the church would, would fall away from Christ I just had a hard time believing that. But now I'm seeing the Methodist church is splitting now over gay marriage. Uh, This is a a new story. Then we've got, you know, Beth Moore. We've got Christianity Today. We've got these other uh, evangelical leaders um, who are saying, get rid of Trump. Maybe we should have had Hillary. Uh, And now I'm starting to say, well, you know, I, I, I guess it's true. I guess we are seeing an apostasy.
0: Well, you know, let me uh, you basically just unloaded a lot there to, to really weigh in on and talk about. And, and by the way, this conversation is wonderful and extremely passionate. Nothing to do with my research per se, but it has everything to do with my research because it's like you know, like you. I mean, I've got my fingers in a lot of pies and uh, and it's all good. The, the bottom line is I think a lot of this stuff is is um, look where the sources are. Look who's writing it. and And the counteraction to that is look at Trump's rallies. Compared to any, anybody in the democratic field, um, Trump's rallies are just, like I said, they're unprecedented. I've never seen anything even remotely like it ever. And people will wait hours and hours and hours to go in and get a seat and attend the rallies. And you know, look, Trump's bombastic. Trump's this, Trump's that. There was an article I read. I forget who penned it, but it was really interesting. You know, he talked about, uh, the, the time to, uh, to be nice. Is over, and, and he's right. I mean, the left has been telling us how we're supposed to act and what we're supposed to do and what's politically correct and what's not. And the thing is, they got this guy in Donald Trump who ain't playing the game. He, he's never been to Bohemian Grove. He's never going to be to Bohemian Grove. He's he's not a, a member of the secret societies. He's outside that. You can't buy him. He's not interested in pay to play. And what did he say? America first. And it resonates with millions and millions and millions of Americans, millions. And the fact that the Democrats won't do anything about the southern border is absolutely atrocious, and the media doesn't cover it. The bottom line, Mexico is a has been declared more dangerous than the country of Syria, if you can even imagine that. <sighs> our country on our southern border, Mexico, the country on our southern border, Mexico, is now declared more dangerous than Syria, which has been in a civil war for like, what, you know, eight years, seven, eight years, something like that, I forget. I lost count. It just drags on and on and on because the Russians prop up Assad and the Iranians prop up Assad. But I digress. The bottom line is, if the American people knew what's really going on, if if the, if the news media did what it's supposed to do, all hell would break loose because they would go, what's fun, the frickin' wall, bring the, bring the army down there, stop the poison. You know, most people realize that, or, or maybe they don't realize that thousands of people die every single month in the opioid crisis. That's what's going on here. Where does it come from? Where is it coming up from? For the most part, it comes up through the southern border. And the fact is Mexico is a lawless state. I won't go there anymore, and I really want to go to places there and explore there's no way I'll even set foot. In Mexico, it's not safe. It's not safe. Yeah, you can go in there. You might be lucky. You know, you, you might not get kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. But what if you are? Good luck with that. And they pay their ransom and they kill you anyway. There's no way I'm, I'm going over the border. I mean, it's just no flip away. 20 years ago, I would. Now, there's no way.
1: Yeah, it is it is like a like a literally like a war zone uh, down there and uh, it, it is unfortunate because there's a lot of good people that live in Mexico and it's a small fraction of the population that uh, is, is destroying Mexico as a tourist destination in particular so um if you're just tuning in we're talking about a lot of different things but we want to remind you our guest is L.A. marzuli his website is la and you can go there to find out about his books about his speaking engagement you can get in touch with him if you want him to come and speak at your church. Like me, he, you know, is a guy that could talk about a lot of different things. He's eclectic, so we're talking a little bit about politics tonight, a little bit about Bible prophecy, and I'm going to shift gears and throw you a big curveball out of left field here, L.A. Marzuli. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was in uh, Blue Ridge, Georgia. Uh, over the holidays for a few days and there was uh, a little tourist attraction that I I looked kind of like a cheesy tourist attraction but one of my friends who I was there visiting he said no 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 it's a really good museum you need you need to go to that and it's it's a Bigfoot museum Uh and and I went in there and I was absolutely captivated with uh, I mean all of the documented sightings of Bigfoot all over the world and all of the news accounts that they had there. But there was one piece in particular in the museum. When I saw this, I said, L.A. Marzulli has got to see this. It is the skeleton of a giant hand. And I'm saying giant, like they're they they they're implying that this was from a Bigfoot. This It's an actual uh, archaeological find. It's the bones of a giant hand. And it says on the placard that it has markers – in it of uh, DNA that is consistent with some elements of human DNA, but it doesn't exactly match human DNA. That it's sort of a hybrid uh, is what was implied. Um, And some people have said that uh, could be what Bigfoot is. I know uh, you and I both talked about them being interdimensional, uh, as well, but man, did, was this an right, incredible right. incredible collection that this guy has. Where, where was this? This what was in, in, Blue, in Blue Ridge, Georgia. This is in just uh, about two hours north of Atlanta, and it's in a little town called Blue Ridge, Georgia, and it is called the Bigfoot Expedition it. Museum, and um, it, it. it's like 8 $9 to go in there. Okay, it takes about an hour to go through it, but... If you look on TripAdvisor and these different sites, it has like almost a perfect five star rating, which you know. And people were in there. People were in there looking at this stuff with me, and I'm already kind of inclined to believe that there is something to this. A lot of people come there as skeptics, but most people leave convinced. Especially when you just look at all of the sightings all over the world and all of the news uh, clips and so forth that they had there. And when I saw this this glass case with this uh, this artifact in it with this Information about the DNA I thought man Ellie Marzulli needs to see this Because you would you might have some different takes On what it is uh, but it was uh, Really kind of chilling to see this In a glass case this actual um, you know, Giant hand That doesn't match human DNA But has some of the human DNA markers in it
0: huh. Wow I, I'm going to Have to go there that's absolutely fascinating because- uh, I, I need to talk to these guys and find out where they, where they did the uh, uh, basically their DNA testing. I've I've often I believe you know we're, we're actually going to do a film on it. Uh, people laugh at Bigfoot and they think it's you know one one thing or another, but I got to tell you folks, it is everywhere. And what I think we're looking at are modern day nephilim. That's what they are. They are nephilim. In fact, we had on my show, Jim, we had Scott Carpenter on, who's written a book on bigfoot and equates it to nephilim this guy was out in the field for nine years researching it nine years and he got to the point where you know he had all sorts of encounters and he just realized that oh my gosh these are interdimensional entities they have superhuman powers they are nephilim that's what that's what he believed so there you go
1: yeah it's a it's a it's a, it's a fascinating place and And any point, any part in that museum, I, I, you know, I'm kind of a video guy, a little bit myself, nowhere at at your level, but every one of those scenes that you walk through, was a backdrop for a video like I mean it just it was just it's so well done and so well lit and all of the pieces and some of the uh artifacts they have are on loan from different uh Bigfoot researchers so it's not even just their own collection but it's uh you know from all over the world people have loaned things to them that they have on display as well I want to shift gears again and ask you about these two stories that that keep hitting us um, this, this most recent one, I'll start with first, which are these drones that people are seeing. I saw another story about it today, and then they're saying maybe these are military, but, uh, in, in, nobody can explain. Even, I guess, law enforcement has been looking into, uh, th- there's people are looking up into the sky and seeing like dozens of these yeah. lights going overhead and nobody can explain what this is.
0: Uh, let me let me throw you some stuff. And again, this is from the book Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, which is out of print. Um, we haven't, you know, I, like I said, I need to go back and do a, a rewrite on it, and I, I'm planning to do that this year. Um, I've often believed, and I wrote about this in Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, that the southern border was incredibly porous in the 90s. We all know that. Uh, still is, for the most part. But before 9-11, it was, like, really porous. Uh, and, and Border Patrol will, will back me up on that. Um, <clears throat> at the collapse of the Soviet Union, suitcase nukes began to be sold on the black market to terrorist organizations all over the world. That's that's a matter that, that you can't dispute. We know that. Now, a suitcase nuke uh, would explode like a Hiroshima or a Nagasaki if you had the detonation codes. But the, the plutonium, and after, you know, six or seven years, you're not going to get that. It's not going to explode. You don't have a detonation code. It's an old bomb. It's not going to explode like Hiroshima. But what it can do is you put some C4 underneath that thing and you explode it and you have a dirty bomb. And that's what I believe happened in, uh, across the southern border in the 90s. I wrote about this over a decade ago. These are sleeper cells. These dirty nukes are embedded in America's cities. And perhaps this is why this, we haven't done anything with the Iranians. Because we've been blackmailed. Because they know where the stuff is. And they can, they can detonate it with the sleeper cells. Uh, there was a, uh, a, a TV show a, a while back. I forget the name of it, but it, it basically dealt with all this stuff. And, um, I remember
1: seeing that. I, I remember seeing that. And like you're saying, yeah. the scenario was, you know, what would you yeah. do if, if you're the president of the United States and you know that these sleeper cells are all around the country and all they have to do is get the order right. and they could basically make make a city like New York City. Um, you, you couldn't inhabit the city for like a thousand years or you something.
0: You couldn't
1: inhabit Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and do,
0: you, do you make – The series is called
1: – Go ahead. The series is called Twenty Four. Okay, right, the
0: right. The series is called 24 with C for Sutherland and all this other stuff. But the bottom line is um, that's what was going on. Now, that they showed that and they played it down for whatever reason. I think the drones are there and they are looking. Isn't it interesting the way they launched them last week? So, you know, right after or right around the Soleimani killing, uh, you know, right when all this stuff started. What are they looking for? What are they up for? Are they looking for the dirty news? It's very possible. Uh, you you know, you get. You get a dirty nuke that goes off in any city, uh, in this, in, in America, and that's a huge game changer. Uh, you might start looking at martial law, restricting, uh, travel, uh, air travel, road travel, everything. Life changes as we know it. So, you know, this is, this is a really heavy, heavy thing. And I wrote about this years ago. Um, look, the bottom line is I think the dirty nukes are in the country. How many of them are here? I'm going to say less than a dozen, but that's enough. That's you know one is too much, and all it takes is the sleeper cells to be activated, and uh, and I think that's what we're looking at. I think the Iranians are going to um, uh, activate the sleeper cells, and I think it's I find that incredibly alarming.
1: So, so do you then feel that these drone sightings—that these are just part of our own security apparatus—that we are using these drones and not announcing it because we're yeah. we're trying to to uh, you know intervene with with some of these things that that could be in the in the works?
0: Absolutely, I think that that um, uh, you know our our intel uh, and, and remember they don't broadcast this stuff because it's intel and they're not going to start writing it on the 6 o'clock news, what they're going to do or what they're not going to do. I think some of them have been apprehended. I think our agencies have had, uh, in fact, there was one that I remember Tom Oren and I talked about years ago that uh, it was called Operation Big Bird where they actually got one of these babies as it was coming across the border. And remember, this isn't the 90s. You know, this is, you know, 10 years ago. But uh, they, they they got one. That was coming across the border. It was called Operation Big Bird. And um, whether you you know Google that, I don't know what's going to come up. But um, look, we are in unprecedented times, and biblical prophecy tells us that at some point there will be a coalition of nations, known as Ezekiel 38, which will come up against the land of outwalled villages. Now, Bill Salas and I have argued this point. That the Macau's come home? And Bill maintains that you know that there are walls in Israel, so it's not a land. Dwelling and, and safety and, and all this other stuff because of the, the uh, you know the walls. And I say to Bill, well, when this was written, you know, thousands of years ago, there was no such thing as unwalled villages. I mean, it's, people didn't live that way. Uh, you had walled villages because if you didn't, the marauders would come back and and you know take your stuff and rape your wife and kill you and you know put your kids in slavery. Well, with the, with the advent of the airplane. Walled villages became obsolete, and that's in modernity. I was just in Israel two years ago, and literally, it is a land of unwalled villages. I mean, that's what it is. Now, there's that wall which separates the Palestinians. I mean, I get that. But the country itself, in my opinion, is a land of unwalled villages, dwelling in a false sense of security, a false peace. So we are ripe for Ezekiel 38 absolutely right for Ezekiel 38. And it seems to be like, you know, we, we might it, it it's starting to, to we see the formation of it. Um, well, you know, look, cool heads may prevail. This is the bottom line. The Iranians aren't stupid, or maybe they are. Uh, the fact that, that Khamenei would, would challenge Trump and basically saying you can't do anything, that was that's why Trump acted. You know, I really believe that. That he just went, enough. You know these guys they don't—they don't play nice. They just attacked our embassy. We're just sitting there. So you know Trump struck back. The bottom line is, uh, I think the Iranians know that if they really go at it, they're going to last about 48 hours. It's going to be another Baghdad Bob routine. Their air force is no match for ours, and the Israelis and the Saudis would jump in. Uh, and even if the Russians—if the Russians come in, then you're looking at World War Three. Not Ezekiel 38 looking at World War Three. So it's just hard to say, you know, what what's really going to happen here. Hopefully, cool heads will prevail. But but let's face it, when the Iranians are are putting 80 million dollars, which is by the way that 80 million dollars guaranteed, that came from the 1. Point, you know, uh, the 150 billion that uh, Hussein gave them. That's where that's where they're they're ponying up that 80 million dollars of our own money to kill our president. So, yeah, and we'll when I when I
1: saw the when I saw the amount, I I, I, I kind of laughed because I thought uh, that's not really enough. I mean, uh, it really, I mean, with, with th- that's only a small amount of the money that Obama gave them. So Obama gave them what 1.6 billion in cash, and then there was a lot more yeah. money that came later. So they they can only carve us carve out of that like uh, about five percent of that money. Uh, as the bounty for the President of the United States, uh, which which was kind of laughable to me, like why they would even announce that amount. But uh, in any case, I w- want to hit you with one last final question, then we'll give you a minute to tell us all about LAMarzulli.net, any other new projects you have coming up. So my last question is to hit you with this again about the cigar-shaped UFOs, because a lot of our listeners ask about that, and these continue to make appearances. And, and there's now growing speculation yeah. that something to do with our uh, military as well. But but people are not being you know told what what's going on with that.
0: Look, the whole UFO phenomenon. Um, I wrote an article. It's in my news magazine, PPS Report. You can sign up for that. It's like two bucks a month. And that'll come out in the uh, in the January issue soon. Um, I, I expanded on that article for Prophecy Watchers magazine. You can sign up for that. The bot or you can get my book, UFO Disclosure, which you really should get, folks. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. Uh, it's it's important. It's imperative that you do read it. Um, if I was a millionaire I'd be giving away free, but I'm not. But it's imperative that you read it and you understand what is going down, what is already happening, and the church dithers and the church won't even talk about it. The the UFO phenomenon, Jim, and we've talked about this, you know, for a while, is real burgeoning and not going away. The sightings are up through the roof. Uh, it's now mainstream media. It's on Tucker Carlson. About every three to four weeks, Tucker has another guest on talking about the phenomenon. Everybody from Nick Pope to Luisa Elizondo to Commander David Traver, the former F-18 fighter pilot who who's basically stated on the record that these crafts are not from this world. So this is the coming great deception. This is uh, the great delusion that the Bible speaks of in Second Thessalonians. And the church is woefully behind the times. And, you know, you can sit there and go, Oh, Marzulli, you're just trying to sell books. Fine. Whatever, folks. If I had a, if I had a magic tree out there that, that grew these books, I'd give them away for free. But go to LAMarzulli.net, LAMarzulli.net, UFO disclosure. The 70-year cover-up. You need to read that. And you need to understand what the heck is coming down here. Because this is not, Jim, this isn't coast to coast. You're not George Norrie, and it's not 30 years ago, okay, or 25 years ago with Art Bell, which was, you know, tinfoil hat stuff. It's now mainstream. It's Tucker Carlson. It's on the New York Post. It's on Drudge Report, Fox News. Every major news media covers the burgeoning UFO phenomenon. And, you know, people are seeing this stuff all day long. Um, This, These crafts are, first of all, interdimensional. They are not from some other galaxy someplace. They are interdimensional. And it's all part of the coming great deception, where Darwinism says this. And you got to understand this, folks. And I write about this and talk about this at all sorts of conferences, and I'm passionate about it. Darwinism tells us that there is no God, there is no miracles, that we weren't created by a loving, holy God of the Bible. That all of this that we see, the animal kingdom and human beings, came about over millions and billions of years of evolution, which happened extremely slowly over time, with subtle changes happening. Well, all that went out the window when Watson and Crick, Crick, Crick and Watson, th- discovered the DNA molecular structure, the, the, the double helix of life, the spiral of life, as I like to call it. The deoxyribonucleic acid which is the building blocks of all life on this planet. And they realized, and and Crick was a vexed man and said this over and over again, because he looked at the complexities of the DNA, molecular structure, and realized that there's no way this thing just, just came into its own existence, that something, somewhere, had to have created it. Welcome to the panspermia. Welcome to ancient aliens. Welcome to what the scientific community is looking at. They believe that we were seated here by an advanced race of extraterrestrials. God sends them strong delusion because they did not believe the truth. What is the truth? The biblical prophetic narrative states that Jesus Christ, Jesus the Anointed One, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah, the Anointed One, spoke everything into existence, and without Him, nothing that was made was not made. End of story. That's the truth. That's the truth. And He holds everything together. He holds me and you together. I get that. But we've abandoned that, the truth of the Bible, and now we believe in, in Darwinian evolution, or some facsimile of it, and the Neo-Darwinists are looking to the, the stars and the planets and so-called extraterrestrials and saying we were seated here. I maintain, and I, I talk about this exclusively, and I'll be up at <coughs> the Alien Snow Fest at the end of January, um, and that's it's a UFO conference, Alien Snowfest. It's in Big Bear Lake in California. You can get tickets for it. Hope to see you up there. The bottom line is nobody knows what this is or where we are in it. If the United States is analogous to the universe, it's planet Earth in Duluth, Dallas, Los Angeles, New York. No one knows. And no one knows where we are in it, how it got here, what we are, where consciousness is or anything else. The Bible tells us that the God of the Bible rolls up the universe like a scroll, and behold, I create a new heaven and earth. He's going to do that at some point in time. So I think that this whole thing is some sort of holographic um, reality that we live in, and that's why these entities come in and they manipulate the bad guys, come in and manipulate space, time, matter, and energy in ways that defies our knowledge of physics. We would call it miraculous, but all they're doing is they're able to do it because they, they, they have... They know how to do it. They know how to access it, and they're able to do it. We're not, at least not at this level. So it's very complex, but the UFO phenomenon is the game changer. And, folks, you got to understand something. For those of you who are listening, right now, at some point in time in the near future, there's going to be a craft, half a mile wide, a mile wide, whatever, that just appears and doesn't go away in broad daylight, just sits there. And that's the game changer. When that happens, everything changes. I call it the megaliver. The whole planet, the entire planet changes lockstep. It all just goes bam, and everything changes. The entire global paradigm shifts. That's where we're headed. The global paradigm shifts. Reality as you know it shifts. Everything moves. And that and, and that'll be a day
1: remember? where that'll be a day where, like you've said, many people, even believers, will say, "Well, I guess there really isn't a God. I guess we all got here because aliens planted us here." And like you said, I, I saw an article um, with George Norrie here uh, that I was reading earlier today, where mainstream media are now interviewing George Norrie about uh, him being right, and and now uh, I think it's Amy Klobuchar who's one of the. Uh, Democrat uh, presidential uh, hopefuls. She said if she's elected, she'll release all of the UFO uh, classified documents uh, she probably has zero chance of winning yeah, but they yeah say. but it, it is interesting to see like you said this is no longer just uh middle of the night talk uh, on a desert-based radio show this is it, it, it's out there and the connection is real between these UFOs and in matters of the Bible and spiritual things and I love your website I, if you folks if you've never been to, to LAMarzuli.net, even if you don't buy anything like right off the bat just to look around there and to have access to uh, his blog and uh, all of these great products. And I don't know if this has been there before, but I'm looking here at a whole list of all of your lectures now that people can get, a Field Manual to Spiritual Warfare, yeah. all of these lectures of that are there that people can buy. And that you can also get a lot of these things on demand here. So if you want to save some money and actually be able to start watching some of this right away, you can buy on demand, and that means you don't get a, a package in the mail, but you, you can start watching it online immediately. And there's a package deal here for right. 99 bucks. you get – all of these videos, I don't know how many are here, like maybe 10, 10 or 12 videos they get uh, on the download for
0: $99. It's, you know, there's a lot of great deals there. Um, you know, I've been doing this full time uh, and I, I, look, I've got maybe maybe three or four films coming out this year and, uh, you know, more about that later, but we're on the trail and, um, where I'm working on a film on America's Stonehenge, I think people will find it absolutely fascinating. But unless you see the first three films, you're not up to speed. And eventually we're going to put them all up on Vimeo because people like to download stuff, and I get that. And we're just trying to get the word out. And um, But, yeah, I mean, there's a hidden history, Jim, That that's all over the planet. There's, there's artifacts, there's evidence of something else going on here which mainstream archaeology continues, even to this day, to just, you know, obfuscate, poo-poo, just say, well, it really didn't happen that way, and, you know, you're a tinfoil hack guy if you believe it. But the evidence is there, and that's why when we were in Maverick Stonehenge this year, it was like my third or fourth time at the site. We were there for five days with Fritz Zimmerman, and we filmed. Uh, we'll probably have two shows out of that, two one-hour programs, and it's just remarkable.
1: Is that, that the Georgia Guidestones? Is that the Georgia
0: Guidestones? No, no, this, is, no this is America Stone hands up in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. I was at the Georgia Guidestones, yeah, I've been there. I did some YouTube videos on the Georgia Guidestones. So very, very interesting. Um, Chris Pinto did a film on that and basically broke the story. Hmm. So he's he's got. He, he you don't need to do another film on it because Pinto um, is the guy that cracked it. He did a really excellent job, and I, I've seen the film. So, this is America Stonehenge, and this is up in New Hampshire. It's the fourth film in the series, and I think people will find it absolutely fascinating. We're on the trail. She my daughter this just this moved to
1: my My daughter just moved to New Hampshire, and uh, I was just there because um, I helped her move, and I didn't even know about this uh, site. I guess, I'm looking up here. It says it's in Salem, New Hampshire. So I'll have to definitely yeah Salem, uh, New take a look at that when I get there. All right, we're out of time, and we thank you so much for making time for us. And we are—I've told my producer to keep bringing you back every few weeks because you're a lot of so much good information. And of course, we're talking a little bit of politics today, a little bit of uh, Bible prophecy, a little bit of UFOs. All of this does tie together, and uh, we love your website and want to encourage people to check out lamarzuli.net lamarzuli.net And thank you so much, my friend, for being with us again. God bless and Godspeed. All right, Jim. God bless you. Take care. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Wow. Fascinating guy, right? L.A. Marzulli. Um, We went everywhere from Bible prophecy, Ezekiel 38, to Bigfoot and everything in between. And we hope you enjoyed that discussion. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. Again, Happy New Year to everybody. And we'll be back next week. So long for now.